0: what's going on everybody and welcome to another edition of the weekly walk-off on the did you hear podcast part of the blue wire hustle podcast network i'm emma houghton he's pat Zhang, and thank you so much for joining us on this friday as we finish up our two-part series pat of our halfway point team mvps we got the nl today
1: uh, couldn't be happier to go into the National League. Um, this will be really cool. If you have not listened to the American League episode, please go back and do so. As we we think it's a really fun one to listen to, and uh, time to take it home into the NL as we head into the All Star Break.
0: I'm really gonna make a push, and I'm gonna ask people to tweet at us. Oh. I am really curious to hear what people think, and if they disagree, I did my social post. Yes, for the, I liked it a lot. For the um, the pod account at Did You Hear Pod on Twitter was Carlos Rodon because I felt like that was kind of a controversial one. And I'm really curious to see what people think. So tweet at us, let us know. You can leave us a review and let, you, let us know what you think. We would love that. Really helps us out. But yeah, the, the, the Wednesday episode when we did AL Team MVPs has done really well so far. So we are psyched to bring it home today.
1: Yeah, thank you to, to everyone that has given that one a listen so far. As Emma said, it is performing very well. Hopefully you're joining us again for the National League. And uh, let's keep going. All right. Start us off. Sweet. So we are going to do it the same way as we did the American League episode, if you did not hear that. uh, I will this time start with the National National League East. I will take the top three teams in the Central, and Emma will take over, starting with the Cardinals and work her way through the West here. So starting things off then, we are with the first place New York Mets, and I think this one's a pretty easy one. So before I go into that, There are two names that definitely deserve some honorable mention here before we go into it. First is Taiwan Walker, who 100% should be an All-Star when it comes to next weekend, especially with DeGrom not participating in the All-Star game. He has been one of the better signings in all of baseball from the winter, especially factoring in the type of contract that he signed and has really helped solidify that rotation. The other name is Aaron Loop. Uh, You know, a lefty reliever that did not get a lot of fanfare when Sandy Alderson brought him in. You know, more of it was that they had missed out on Brad Hand and what a disaster that was going (laughs) to be. Yeah. Well, guess what? Aaron Loop has only pitched to a 1.8 ERA. He has been spectacular. He has a 2.16 ERA plus and a 1 whip and doing most of it as the sole left-hander in that Mets bullpen as well. So he bears a lot of the the load there. But obviously, for me, the Mets team MVP is Jacob deGrom. He is the National League MVP as things stand today. A 1.08 ERA. Clearly, he is in a major slump as that number has finally crept up <laughs> over one. What, what could he possibly be doing? The strikeout numbers are out of this world. He's got 146 Ks and 92 innings. Uh, I mean, what more is there to say about Jacob DeGrom? We literally did a whole episode based <laughs> around him a couple of weeks ago. So that is why I don't need to go on a full soliloquy for him.
0: Exactly. I'm going to say for our 450th plug, <laughs> go check out our Spotlighting Greatness episode. She- Shohei Otani hit another home run mm-hmm. on Tuesday night at the time. Or no, Wednesday night, excuse me. Yes. Broke Hideki Matsui's record. Insane. I In did 81 mention, games, he broke In the record. 81 games. Half a season. It was Matsui in what year do you remember? Two
1: thousand I have two thousand three or two thousand four in. I was
0: actually gonna say oh four. Yeah, those are the really good Yankee years too. Yep. Uh I I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Literally eighty one, too. Literally at Mm -hmm. the halfway mark of the season. Um Taiwan Walker it's actually a mystery to me why he continues to be so underrated. I'm not sure. What the deal is, I'm not sure if it's because the Mets have absolutely no offense, that people don't want to talk about them. Might be. They have one of the best pitching staffs in the league, and I hadn't even thought about it before, which is a shame on my part, but he might have been a better signing than Marcus Semien, and he, I said from the beginning that he was the best offseason signing.
1: If you want to go position player and pitcher, yeah, I, could, I, guess I would so. happily yeah. split it that way, but Taiwan Walker, I mean, he showed it in Toronto last year. He pitched very, very well. And of course, it's the 60-game, you know, sample size. So how much do you want to put into it? Well, the Mets clearly put a little into it, if not a ton. They signed him into a two-year deal. It was around $20 million. There's, a, there's an option for a third year there as well. But they kind of took a chance on him, and he signed very close to spring training. Again, talking about Aaron Loop, there wasn't a bunch of fanfare about it. It was more the Mets didn't sign Trevor Bauer and decided to sign Taiwan Walker instead and Taiwan has gone out there and he's shoved. He has pitched so well for them this year. He fits in with the team really well. Uh, he was supposed to pitch tonight as we record this, but the game was just postponed. Right. And uh, I drew, uh, this is the fan hat on me talking about him. I really hope he's an all-star in Colorado because he deserves it.
0: I think he should be maybe first or second off the list. Maybe mm-hmm. behind Max Scherzer, who... We may or may not talk about in a second, but um, it's always, it always works out that way. Right. If only we had hindsight and we could look back and see that Sandy Alderson actually did the right thing. I was literally thinking today, and I wish I had more time to do some math on this. Obviously Garrett Cole's nine year, $324 million contract is being thrown into the limelight a little bit lately. Hmm. I wanted to do some math on how many players the Yankees could have picked up... Oh, no. ...using Garrett Cole's money. Oh, no. Do I even go down that rabbit hole?
1: I don't know if you do. Just just to be fair to him, the Yankees' biggest weakness over the years has been starting pitching and frontline starting pitching, so I totally get why they did it. It's just, of course, what? it's going to be more exemplified when there's a crackdown on sticky stuff.
0: Yeah, and I've said, I still garrett cole has been maybe the prime culprit of using it i still don't think we can point fingers and say he is the guy all Mm -hmm. that not i'm not going there yet yep i get that yankees need pitching but i don't know if you need to put that much money into a guy who pitches every fifth day that's the argument
1: and it's funny you say that because that exact argument is going to come up again this winter when the mets and Degrom look at possible extension and and he will he will hit free agency Uh, a year from this winter, as long as he opts out, which it would make a ton of sense for him to opt out, try to get another contract out of it. So uh, that, that conversation is not going away anytime soon.
0: No. And I think it's a fair one and Mm -hmm. pitchers will continue to get that type of money. And for DeGrom, I think it's deserved for Cole at the time. You could say it was deserved. It's just funny how things shake out like that. Go listen to the spotlighting greatness episode, but to preface Jacob deGrom leads the league in ERA, ERA+, FIP, WIP, hits per nine, home runs per nine, walks per nine, and strikeouts per nine. And God forbid, Patrick, something horrible happened. Jacob deGrom gave up five runs over his last two starts, and his ERA+, ballooned to 400.
1: Yeah, as I said, it, it might be time to, to send him down a triple-A. Maybe. Something, something mechanically <laughs> is clearly wrong. Uh, it's, I, he, and he's still pitched really, really well. It's just he's, yeah. he's gotten hit by some home runs, has been the thing over his past couple starts.
0: I have absolutely no criticism. He
1: deserves yeah. all the credit
0: <laughs> in the world. It's just Well We will never see anything like this again,
1: True. No, no. To see I, a
0: pitcher give up five runs and have his ERA plus drop two. 300% better than league average.
1: It's it's Don't see that every day. Nope, what he's doing is insane. So it's a shame he won't be pitching in the All-Star game, but it also makes a lot of sense for someone that's had some injury problem yep. this season uh, just to take some time off.
0: I agree with that decision, too.
1: Cool. All right, we'll move into the Washington Nationals. Though. The second-place Washington Nationals, which may be a little surprising from how they started the season because things were not pretty and during the month of April. You could go Kyle Schwarber here just based off of the Possibly one of the greatest months we've ever seen from a position player ever. As you said, we could easily go with Max Scherzer, who is pitching like Max Scherzer does every single season. But for me, I went with Trey Turner. And, and that is because Trey Turner, in my mind, has solidified himself as just one of the top shortstops in the game, period. If you added him to the list of shortstops that were going to be free agents this winter, I. I would be inclined to put him right up there with Carlos Correa as my 1A and my 1B, with how good Turner has turned into. I mean, he's hitting over 300. he's got almost a or a, a 365 on base. He's got the power now a part of his game with 15 home runs. We know about the stolen bases. He plays a strong shortstop. He even has the flexibility to play center field. Trey Turner is re- as great as Juan Soto is and as much as I love Juan Soto. The Nationals are not the nationals without Trey Turner, and that is why he is my team MVP.
0: Pat, I agree with you.
1: Whoa, I didn't think we were going to agree on that one.
0: Me neither. This might be our first, honestly. The first one that we've agreed on that haven't been wickedly obvious, like DeGrom or (laughs) Otani. Shohei Otani. Otani. Yeah. So I told Pat before we started, I put down every single team, and I put down names of who I thought would be the team MVP, and then I went through numbers, and I changed if necessary. Mm -hmm. The Nationals were the one team that I skipped over, because I couldn't pick between turner soto schwarber and scherzer yeah. i felt like it was too close all of them were so good if you take one guy out of that lineup or out of that rotation they are a completely different team but because i had to pick one i chose trey turner his walk rate is low but that's literally the only criticism i it had puts against the ball him on play a ton and also, I would value him higher than Carlos Correa because of how good he can be in the leadoff spot. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a ton of shortstops doing that.
1: No, no, his his game is so well rounded. Because think about it too; he is one of the faster players in the league. Oh yeah, like top top five. Eighteen maybe? stolen
0: bases this year. Exactly,
1: and top five might be selling him short. So then you add in the power with the 300 average, with the solid glove. Five-tool player right there, and and Trey Turner is—he's a contract that I'll be very interested to see what ends up being.
0: I really think he should be a Corey Seager, Trevor Story equivalent.
1: Hmm. He's got the chance to do it.
0: Not the power numbers as a story, the home run numbers, just in that sense. But Trey Turner has a higher BABIP than Juan Soto and Kyle Schwarber by over sixty points. So he's—he really does have that power. I'm—I'm I'm still kind of floored that we chose the same guy because I thought for sure you were going to go another way. You could easily go with Scherzer too who is yeah. having a really, really good year. 35.5% K percentage. But I think Trey Turner at the top of this lineup is their team MVP. I agree yep. with
1: you. Could could not agree more. Alright, we'll move into the Atlanta Braves then. One of the more disappointing teams so far in baseball. Sitting there two games under 500. Baseball reference only gives them about a 20% chance of making the postseason as of right now. I, this one was an easier one for me. I did go the obvious route. I do want to point out that Austin Riley, the strides that he made this season, is so important to to the Braves, and is honestly cool to see for a player that when he first came up was tearing the cover off the ball, the league made an adjustment, and he clearly did not, and became a massive strikeout guy, wasn't hitting for the power uh, anymore. He's now sitting there with 14 home runs, 360 on base, plays a decent third base, but... Team MVP is the guy chasing a 40 40 season. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. I just, you, I could not go in any other way. His on pace percentage is almost 400. We know about the power with 24 home runs. If anything, over the last couple weeks as well, we have seen that his arm may be the best outfield arm in the entire sport. That's with some point. of those throws he's made from right field, uh, we talk about it with the speed 16 stolen bases. Ronald Acuna Jr. One of the, if not the biggest bargain contract in baseball, and is my Braves team MVP for what has been a disappointing first half.
0: Yeah, we're three for three. Ronald Acuna mm-hmm. Jr. was the obvious pick for me, too. I gave Ian Anderson the honorable mention. Yep. He has a sub one home run. He's holding nine, that rotation right. together. He is. And you're, I mean, it, I'm going to go into this with the Cardinals, but I actually kind of equalize the Braves and the Cardinals. I equate them to each other. Mm-hmm. What players on the Braves are over achieving this year? Excuse me,
1: uh, Ronald
0: Acuna Jr. Is Ian he Anderson. over is he
1: overachieving or is Ronald Acuna Jr. being Ronald Acuna Jr.? Is he
0: just achieving? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I would say Austin Riley from where he yeah. was. But Ozzy other-
0: Albie's actually since we gave him a ton of crap a couple we weeks did. ago it has been really really good. But otherwise nobody else. Freddie Freeman is having a down year. Marcel Zuna has been off of the roster for weeks now. Charlie Morton. Yeah, Travis Darnell. It's been disappointing.
1: Multiple aspects for them.
0: I had a a cool stat. The Braves have scored three or fewer runs in 35 of their 83 games.
1: Which is shocking because over the last couple years, they've had one of the better offenses in the National League, and they really have not changed much about that team at all.
0: Exactly. And that's actually... I immediately thought of Josh Donaldson when you brought up Austin Riley. The fact that they can count on Austin Riley being their third baseman of the future, and now they can plug other holes and not have to sign one-year rental deals with a guy like Donaldson. Mm-hmm. As much as he gave to their lineup, now that they can just check that off the box. Third yep. base is good. Almost, I think so. I, 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 and I think that's a really, really strong strong suit to have. And I, w- I actually do think Ronald Acuna is having an above-average year for him. Mm-hmm. But it is mind-blowing how many players this year specifically would win MVPs if not for the just absolutely magical performances of guys like Jacob deGrom, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Shohei Ohtani? How many—Ronald Acuna would win the MVP with your eyes closed if some of these other guys weren't playing as well as they were?
1: Yeah, there are just so many, like, great years going around baseball right now that I feel like Acuna sometimes gets overlooked for how good he is. He does. And uh, he shouldn't be because he's one of the top talents in the entire sport.
0: And he's 22, 23? Yeah, it's not fair. Not not fair. As 22-slash-23-year-olds. Not fair.
1: No, it really isn't. All right, on to the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm currently sitting, uh, actually tied for the Braves, but we'll go a fourth place uh, in the National League East. And again, I, I, I think you go disappointing. I didn't have the highest hopes for the Phillies team going into the season. I know many did uh for me this was an incredibly easy choice when you look around that roster and performing it's the guy that i gush about it's zach wheeler he has turned himself into an ace he has turned himself into one of the better pitchers in the national league he has turned himself into a player that you know a lot of people thought he would become when he was with the new york mets but just through consistency and injury was never able to reach it and now at 31 years old Zach Wheeler is dominating right now, and for you know, there's not a lot that has gone right with the Phillies. That bullpen is still atrocious. Uh, Bryce Harper having one of the weirdest seasons ever. That I believe every single home run he has hit has been a solo home run. It, he
0: finally ended it. Oh, he, he did! Finally end it? Oh, ended that was, streak. The oh, past two it. nights, yeah, it's been insane. It was a three-run homer oh, first there time. It is. There it what is. What a so weird stat.
1: Most of his home runs, solo yeah. home runs, then. It's just been a weird, as you said for weird, it's been a weird year for the Phillies because you look at that lineup and they've got some some very strong names in it, but we know all about the bullpen being tough and that's really derailed them again.
0: We are four for four.
1: Oh, I also
0: picked Zach Wheeler. This one was also fairly obvious. I had extremely high hopes for, in my mind, potentially one of the top three one two threes in the league mm-hmm. i thought aaron nola zach wheeler and zach Eflin, and the steps Eflin especially took in the off season to improve his game would be unhittable and they have been very much hittable zach wheeler not not very much but the other guys aaron nola's having a down year yep. zach Eflin's having a down year Injuries derail the Phillies every single year, but they still do not do enough to separate themselves. They have good hitters in that lineup, but they still have to rely on Abdul Herrera every single day. That's not going to cut it. You and I could try out for the bullpen and we would get a fair (laughs) shot. That's where it's out right now. They they spend money and they put their resources into a JT Real Muto, which is fine, but at what point are you going to really – evaluate where the bullpen is at and adding a guy like Archie Bradley isn't going to revolutionize it it just it frustrates me I love Dave Dombrowski I thought he was the perfect guy because the Phillies will always have money to spend they will never rebuild they have the luxury of never having to rebuild and instead they are just mediocre year after year
1: yeah, it really proves the importance of pitching in today's game. Yeah,
0: and, and development more, mm-hmm. more specifically. Yeah, they've One can, struggled
1: to get their top prospects to, to pan out.
0: Yeah, Spencer Howard, another guy who had huge expectations. He's, I don't even know if he's been pitching. If he has, he's been average. Uh, Zach Wheeler was the worst take of my entire life. I said Zach Wheeler was going to be the worst move ever, and I could not have been more wrong.
1: I'm I'm excited to see him pitching the way that, you know, he did it at times with the Mets, but he just, you know, health was always an issue. No, health was always an issue.
0: Too long of a contract, too much money for somebody that had been too consistent. And I was so wrong. (laughs) He's found his groove. So wrong. He's found his groove. His strikeout numbers are are mind boggling. Yeah, he's
1: been great this year. And then we go into the last one in the National League East, the Miami Marlins. I think you could put some mind here to Starling Marte, who is again having a very nice year in center field. His most valuable thing might be fetching some decent assets on the trade market by the end of this month for Miami, but I went with our guy. It's Trevor Rogers. He's an all-star, 23 years of age, has really pitched himself into the conversation as one of the the better young starting pitchers in the game. For me, I kind of leave it at that with them. I mean, it's They're weird because I believe they have the best run differential in the entire division, yet they sit in last place. Uh, You know, you look up and down that roster, and there are some interesting names, but you also know that that's far from a complete project. Uh, Sixto Sanchez being out for the season is killer for them, but I, I do think your bright spot here is Trevor Rogers. Five for five. Right. I had a feeling on that one we were going to be uh, on the same you know, page. Yeah, but- yeah.
0: <laughs> no, Zach Wheeler, I knew you were going to do, and he was my pick too. But yeah, Trevor Rogers, uh, Jesus Aguilar has had a good year. Josh Chisholm is going to be around forever. Sixto Sanchez, if he had played, I think would have been a really good option here. Mm-hmm. Marte, I just needed more of a sample size. I think his biggest re- reward will be to be traded. But also, honorable mention, team MVP Kim Ang. She is yes. doing yep. a Really good job with this organization. Their farm system is going to be so good. They continue to develop pitchers so well, unlike the Phillies. But you're right. The Marlins made the playoffs last year. They can catch lightning in the bottle, and I think they have the talent to make things happen. It's just not this year, unfortunately. But they took, they beat the Dodgers twice.
1: Yeah, with the walk-off with Jesus Aguilar, too.
0: They just took two of three from the Dodgers. So they're certainly not a a rollover by any means you've got to gear up to play the marlins because they've got some really good pitching
1: mm-hmm. yeah no they they are not a last place team that you look at and just scoff at they're,
0: exactly this, it's exactly. not the
1: pirates it's not the diamondbacks it's not the orioles they are a uh, <laughs> they're a tough out so no i i agree they, as we said there are some pieces there but it just it hasn't all really meshed together this season for them
0: yeah which is fine because i don't it's think anybody fine. expected to no 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 but it's just another reason why we were so excited about the NL East and it's just so interesting the way these teams have turned out because it's still competitive and I think this is still a division we're going to look out for in the postseason stretch but I mean the Braves and the Phillies just just unbelievably disappointing years and really just out of nowhere
1: yeah no no I would agree so we'll see if they can try and turn things around here after the all-star break So then that takes us to the first place Milwaukee Brewers who have really stretched out their lead with the Chicago Cubs just jumping off a cliff uh, and the Cincinnati Reds kind of playing 500 ball right now. Now, a part of me really wants to say Willie Adamas, even though he hasn't been there that long, just for how he's jump started that offense. He's played so well in Milwaukee. But for me, again, I go pitching. This time I go to the bullpen. It's Josh Hader. And why it's Josh Hader for me is that in 33 innings, he has allowed three runs. He allowed his first home run yesterday, which was also his first blown save of the season. He has an ERA plus of over 500 and over 15 strikeouts per nine. Josh Hader is, (laughs) he is so dominant at the back end of that bullpen. The Brewers do mostly everything revolves around their pitching. And a big part of that is Devin Williams and Josh Hader. But Josh Hader is having a fantastic season.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: No, do Those we do it again?
0: numbers are unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy. I, if you had told me that Christian Yelich was hitting two forty one mm-hmm. and the Brewers were six games ahead of the second place team in the NL Central, I would have told you you were crazy. And instead, it's because they have, man... I feel like every single time I say top three, but I'd give the Dodgers the nod over them. Do I give anybody else in the NL the nod over maybe the Mets? Maybe the Mets, the Brewers, and the Dodgers have the best pitching staffs.
1: Yeah, I, but, I think the San Francisco Giants would have something to say about it too. Yeah, you're
0: right. You're right. They're in top top four, top five category. Yeah, Tater is such a big, uh, such a good pick. I went with Woodruff and I really felt like He's a Cy Young candidate. Can't yeah, go wrong there. Woodruff and Burns was kind of a toss up for me. Burns has a significantly higher F-4, mm-hmm. but Woodruff has thrown a lot more innings. He h- strikes out and walk percentage are just about the same. Contact is a lot less hard against him. And I, I still would trust game on the line, put the ball in Woodruff's hands, still over Burns a little bit, even though he had that ridiculous too. walk stretch. I would too. Uh, honorable mention, I also mentioned Willie Adamas, and I have a stat for you. Ooh. As of Wednesday... Willie Adamas, who was quite literally the throwaway that the Rays gave the Brewers. Literally because they had nothing else to do with him but give him to another team. As of Wednesday, Adamas is hitting 298 with a 930 OPS. Wow. That is, I, I'd slow claps because Willie Adamas deserves that. And he's lit, the, the spark that he provides for this Brewers lineup is unbelievable the way that he they've played since he's come i think it makes a huge difference i
1: i think they have over double the amount of wins as losses since he's been in the in the lineup for them i i don't have the numbers directly in front of me but i believe i saw that stat yesterday so it's
0: unreal he has yeah. made
1: such a difference for him. and it's so interesting because he was not particularly good with the rays this season and he moved over to milwaukee and has completely you know reinvigorated himself and has been so good and so key for that brewer lineup
0: yeah, I think you were being too nice. He was bad this year. He was yeah. bad at the Trop. Bad, yeah. bad at Tropicana Field. And some air suited him well. Playing in an outdoor stadium suits him well.
1: it has got to be it. He just wanted to get out of there. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. And he's made that very clear, which is funny. Yes. It's just weird how, how certain parks affect certain hitters.
1: It is, no. And it's definitely a, an actual factor. Yeah. But moving into then the second place, Cincinnati Reds, a team we did a weekly walk-off on not too long ago. Do you, do you want to take one bash, brother, and I take the other? Yes. <laughs> totally.
0: <laughs> That's totally. how I feel like this one well kind, of, yeah. kind
1: of comes down to. As cool as it is that Luis Castillo is finally starting to come around and pitch better this season, I think you've seen Tyler Molle, um or Mally start to to play a little better at, or play a little better. It continues to pitch well for them. You know Wade Miley threw the no-hitter earlier this season, but for me, it's got to come down to either Winker or Castellanos. I'll take Castellanos. Uh, The the year that Nick Castellanos is having, it's all about extra base hits for him. He has 28 doubles to go with his 17 home runs. Again, almost a 400 on base percentage. That Reds lineup and the middle of that Reds lineup is brutal to go through. If they can get the pitching staff right, if they could add maybe a shortstop, as we talked about on that weekly walk-off, they could be dangerous down the stretch.
0: Yeah, uh, I also picked Castellanos.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I should have picked Winker then. (laughs) He
0: strikes out more than Winker, but he hits the ball just so hard. It's unbelievable. But Jesse Winker has him by a considerable margin in both walk percentage and K percentage. Mm. So maybe he's better in the box in terms of plate discipline and Castellanos just has the slight uptick in power. But how lucky are the Reds that they have two guys that are literally as interchangeable as that?
1: And that's why I said it, because they felt interchangeable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I knew we wouldn't have too much to say about them, so I instead have a philosophical question about the Reds. Oh. And we maybe should have brought Tim Daniel on for this, because he would love to answer that. So as of July 3rd, the beginning of this month, the Reds were 10-20 against the NL West. They were 31-20 against the rest of the league. Mm -hmm. So... You could argue that the NLS is the most competitive slash strongest division in baseball. I would say so. In August, the whole question now is going to be if the Reds are going to be buyers and sellers. If they are sellers, they will be perhaps even more desirable than the Twins because of those two power guys. And if they're buyers, it means they've got something left and they're going to go full steam ahead, maybe pick up an arm, maybe pick up a shortstop like you said. In August, and this makes me think that they might be the latter not the former 13 games against the Marlins the Twins and the Pirates and they have nine games against Pittsburgh in the last month that makes me think that the Reds are going to take a risk if you can even call it a risk with the talent they have and try and go all in and win it because Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray are back mm -hmm. and it's been a while but they are
1: yeah no you're, you're right so I think what it comes down to for the Reds it's it's going to be how close they can stay to the Brewers because I feel very comfortable saying three teams are coming out of the National League West. So you're going to have to win that division. If they, it, it all depends on what the Brewers do here. I know the Brewers were very hot. They just went on that big winning streak. Then they lost three in a row uh, before winning last night. So they, it's it's they're in a tough spot. They are for if they want to go for it or not. I would say go for it if I'm the Reds, because I look at this Brewers team and I absolutely think there are flaws, but I do not see them getting in as a wild card over the Giants, the Padres.
0: Yeah. There will be three teams in the NL West. Yes. Absolutely. Both wild cards will come out of the NL West, which makes these division races so much better. You got to win your division if you're in the East or the Central. Yeah, and there's been so much movement in the Central, especially. I mean, the ki- the Cubs were runaway away mm-hmm. m- maybe less than a month ago, and now it's the Brewers, If I had to put money down, I trust the Reds more than the Brewers. I know how good the Brewers pitching staff is, but to have to rely on those guys to limit some of the most potent offenses in the league, in the playoffs, if it comes to that, I'm just not sure they can keep the Dodgers to less than three runs, keep the Padres to less than three runs. That's a Mm -hmm. huge ask. And the Reds can surely put a lot of runs on the board.
1: Yeah, I don't count the Reds out. And as I said, if I'm them, I'd go for it. I mean, yeah. you'll make that decision more closer to that July 30th deadline, seeing what the, the division standings are looking like. But I feel that there is a window of opportunity here for them to, to really try and try and take this division.
0: Me too. And I, they are such a lovable team. Truly. Yeah. I am rooting for the Reds as a non-Reds fan. They are Me just too. fun. They haven't really shown any hesitancy to throw money at players before feel like they've got a good core why not go for it see mm-hmm. what can happen I saw it with the Nats last year
1: yep yep can completely agree all right that moves us into then the chicago cubs who as emma said were on fire for a good portion of the year and then have just come crashing down to earth over these last couple of weeks they have been talked about a ton and a ton will they be buyers will they be sellers I think you're getting closer to that seller approach at this point. I do not trust that there is a run in this team. I think they're they're pretty fractured. I go with my team MVP as Craig Kimbrell. Again, going to that bullpen piece. I think there is a very, very, very high opportunity that Craig Kimbrell is not on the Cubs come July 31st. Uh, The American League seems to make a ton of sense where I've heard the Astros and the A's linked to him. But Kimbrell has really brought it back after, you know, years of not being fully to what he was uh, earlier in his career. He's got a .57 ERA, which (laughs) is about all you need to know about how he's pitching right now. K-9 is the exact same as Josh Hader. His ERA plus is even better than Josh Hader. Again, only one home run this year. Craig Kimbrell is going to be a difference maker in this pennant race and he's going to go to a contender it's just which one uh, there are some options there with that cubs offense as well but for me if i'm looking at their overall best player and most valuable player it's been kimbrell
0: i agree i also went kimbrell we could have swapped notes on this one wow also the only thing i wrote was an o five seven era mm-hmm. the the second bullet point i had was that the cubs went 12 and 16 in june yeah If they are sellers, I actually disagree. I think there is a run left in the Cubs. Do you really? I think this offense can put things together and the pitching staff can rely on them. When Jake Arrieta goes on the IL and that is considered a huge blow to the rotation depth, you obviously have some issues. But again, they kind of have the money to go out. They can rely on Kimbrel. They can rely on other guys in the bullpen, it's just really going to be on what version of this offense. What what version of Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant? Because those guys have not been nearly as good as they were at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Javi Baez at this point has honestly been kind of a flatliner the entire way. Sometimes he gets, he gets hot and he gets some power. Sometimes he does say. it. It's been Bryant. Bryant and Rizzo are the lifeblood. Somebody like Ian Happ, too. Um, Jock Peterson was hot for a while. He hasn't been in headlines as much lately. Yep. I don't... Th- <sighs> I don't think the Cubs can win the division. So if we're going with our earlier point, that means that then they are out of the playoff. Yep. But I wouldn't be surprised if they make a little bit of noise. I'm still not willing to say that they are definitely going to be
1: sellers. They they are the big case study in all yeah, of this. And they, they, are. they are honestly the team that controls the market. Because if they do say, we're done and we're selling, they have a lot of expiring contracts, to use oh, a yeah. more basketball-type term. Uh, that they could look to move here to really free up some flexibility and try to get some assets back. The Bryants, the Rizzo's, Baez, Kimbrel, They have so many assets that they could move if they want to do a fire sale. This trade deadline could run through Chicago. Now, of course, saying that is crushing to hear for Cubs fans, because it means if you're trading those players, you are not going for it, and you are completely resetting your team. Uh, I personally think they are closer to a reset than a playoff run, but... That is something that I guess we'll see over the next couple weeks here.
0: Yeah, we really will. And uh, Cubs automatically vault into first place. Then it's the Cubs, the Reds, then the Twins. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how that all works. And it's just, I I think Jed Hoyer signaled the potential reset by dealing away Darvish. Imagine how different this pitching staff would look if they had Darvish. And they obviously wouldn't have Zach Davies, but... I think we got a clear picture of what the money situation, purely the financial situation, looked like. And then we've talked about it a lot. What they got back for Darvish signaled that it would be a longer, I don't even really want to say rebuild, because a team Mm -hmm. in Chicago doesn't need to rebuild. But what that would look like with players that won't be ready for three or four years. Yeah, I I honestly, I can't even say anything else until we know more. If If the Cubs get on a hot streak... At the right time, I can't see them selling, but if they continue like this, they probably will.
1: They are one hundred percent the team to watch going towards this trade deadline yep. for could can completely shift the trade market either way.
0: oh that is actually a really, really good point. They will be it will run through them. Imagine yep. what a Chris Bryan can do for a mm-hmm. contending team. Bryan, Imagine what Kimbrough, a Rizzo. Yeah, they're just there's Crazy. so
1: many different, and that's if they sell. You know, if they look to buy, do they look at a starting pitcher? It's, there's right. a lot of potential moves there.
0: And uh, there are a lot of pitchers who have good contracts that maybe work in the Cubs' favor. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. We have a questions. few weeks before we got to answer those. I will take it over from you, yep. and I will go to the Cardinals. And my team MVP is Tyler O'Neill.
1: Oh, I love and
0: that. So I'll read off his slash line. 277, 332, 559. Tyler O'Neill has an 891 OPS. He's almost 50% better than league average in terms of OPS plus. And I gave myself away, but the Cardinals went 10 and 17 in June. And I was going to ask you this question Besides Tyler O'Neill and maybe Dylan Carlson, what Cardinals have overachieved?
1: I can give you one, and it's my team MVP, and it's Alex Reyes.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say Wayno.
1: Nope, I go Alex Reyes. Okay, Just so With, with how, how good of a pitcher he's developed into with all the injury concerns he's had in the past, I, I think you, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're very excited for what you've gotten from Alex Reyes.
0: That's a good point. I think Adam Wainwright has had, had a good year. I also had Giovanni Gallegos as an honorable mm-hmm. mention. Tyler O'Neill has a higher slug than both Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. That's not it. That's not going to work. Nolan's been good, but yep. he hasn't been Nolan. And Goldschmidt
1: and, has not been Goldschmidt.
0: Exactly. And when you deal with Jack Flaherty injuries and when you have to rely on Kim to be your guy, you're going to have issues. Or or not even getting there, if you have to rely on Adam Wainwright to pitch seven or eight innings just to keep you in the game, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. And Cardinals, I think, were the favored team to win the Central. And I, just, I, I
1: picked them to win the Central.
0: Yeah, I... I for some reason, I have just always been against their pitching staff, and I, exactly I didn't right. feel like their offense could carry it by themselves. Tommy Edmond has been has had a down year, too. I was so high on him. A guy like Harrison Bader hasn't showed up. It's just Tyler O'Neill tr- truly is one of the few bright spots on this team this year. I think they can still always make noise in the future, but this year was just a... A spiral for them
1: very happy that he went with Tyler O'Neill because I like him a lot and I think he deserves more recognition than he's getting for the type of outfielder that he's developing into and as I said for, for me it's Alex Ray it's just a 26 year old guy that I know they've kind of toyed with Is he a starter is he a reliever well they threw him into the closer spot this year and he has been completely lights out from there I would not touch him and, and mess around with him especially with the arm problems he've had I, I think it works throwing him out there for an inning at a time um, and you have seen it this so far this season—a a 2.50 ERA plus 12 strikeouts per nine innings, a 1.5 ERA, and again, just 26 years old and an absolutely explosive arm.
0: Yeah, he is in a groove, to say the least. As mm-hmm. bad as the Cardinals have been, I still wouldn't be surprised if they put a hot streak together and mix up the standings. That's I, just I how weird this division is.
1: Yeah, I, but it's—it's it's all about the pitching for them, and yeah. I'm not sure they have enough, just like you say,
0: starters in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. So, unfortunately, the one team that will not make a run in the Central no. is the Pirates, but I am very excited about my team MVP. It's Brian Reynolds. I did some more comparison. Brian Reynolds has a higher OPS than Aaron Judge, J.D. Martinez, Bryce Harper, Jared Walsh, Kyle Schwarber, Joey Gallo, Carlos Correa, and Brandon
1: Crawford. Wow.
0: That's legit. And he does it as a switch hitting center fielder. 915 OPS, 152 OPS plus. Brian Reynolds was an all-star reserve. He deserves that. And again, his biggest reward might be to get get, get traded out of Pittsburgh.
1: <laughs> it's definitely possible. If you go with Reynolds, who uh, I was thinking about taking, I'll go with the other one just like we do with the Reds here. I'll say yeah. Adam Frazier. And just to spotlight Frazier, he's such an interesting case study to look at, I'll say, because we know he puts the ball in play. You know, we know about the high on base percentage. He's in the 98th percentile in K percentage, uh, so he does not strike out a lot. The, the weirdest thing about him is that he is sitting there with a 326 batting average, but he is in the third percentile in hard hit percentage. Yeah, it's so odd. The third percent. That's not a typo. 97% of the league hits the ball harder than him. Yet there he is that he's just able to get base hits. It's kind of bizarre, um, but it's it's so interesting. He's got the on base percentage at four hundred. He's an all star, and he deserves to be with those numbers that he has. But I can't wrap my head around that no, hard hit it percentage. Is,
0: it's extremely odd. It actually makes me feel good about baseball though, because a guy like that still has value. Yeah, he still has value. He, I am certain Adam Frazier will get traded. I'm not certain about Brian Reynolds. I am one hundred percent sure. Adam Fraser will be on a different team. I feel in pretty August. good about that too. And he doesn't hit the ball hard at all. It's crazy. Ninety seven percent of the league hits the ball harder than Adam Fraser.
1: Wow. It's wild. It's a wild stat. That's why I ha- I, I wrote it down because I'm like I just need to talk about this.
0: That is the weirdest thing ever. My other honorable mention: Richard Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. It is a crying shame that he did not make the All Star game as a reliever. I know po- yeah, how possibly
1: good, a replacement. I, I know how is. good the
0: NL relievers are, but Richard R- Rodriguez deserves that. He's another huge chip. Yep. I am also 100 sure, and he will not be on the Pirates. <laughs> By yeah, the that, end of there July.
1: there can be a lot of moves coming out of Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So Brian Reynolds, Adam Frazier, good good picks there. I will move to the NL West now, and I feel like a lot of my picks are obvious, and I tried not to, but hopefully we have a little bit of deviance here. Mm-hmm. These guys were just so good that I yep. couldn't. Not Sometimes it's pick tough them. to not name them. Exactly. So I'll start off with the division leading Giants. I went Kevin Gosman. Yep. 108 innings, 30% K percentage. He's in the 90th percentile in chase rate. His stuff is just so good. And he has a 174 ERA. The evolution of his career, the fact that he went to, giant, to the Giants, along with other pitchers, Anthony Di Scalfani made my honorable mention list and completely changed this team. You and I have agreed they are playing with house money this year. Because nobody expected them to go on this type of run. And I think really, I think Kevin Gosman is their most valuable player. As good as Posey has been, mm-hmm. as good as Crawford has been, as good as some of the guys in the bullpen have been, Tyler Rogers, Kevin Gosman is the best
1: player on that team. And, and you're so right that, that it is Gosman. I'll just go with Posey just to recognize him. But yes, you're, you're completely there with Gosman. On Posey, it's more of just how cool it is to see him performing at this level from where he was. I mean, just think about the story for him. He did not play last year. He opted out due to the due to COVID. You know, he already has as many home runs as he did in 2017 the entire season. <laughs> and of course, he's only 4 years older than then. He's hitting 330 and playing catcher for a lot of it. I'm so impressed by what Buster Posey has done. He's been a key part of this Giants team through all those championship runs. Oh yeah. It's just really cool to see him performing at this level again.
0: Another team that you can't help but root for.
1: No, you had just one number for it. It's a career number. It's nothing for this. He is a catcher. His career batting average is three hundred three. Yeah, you know how hard insane. that is. It's it's, it's wild. Is Hall of so famer for good. sure. Oh but yeah. Just just to see him performing like this again, I I had to go with <clears> it. But of course, Kevin Gosman has been out yeah. of this world.
0: No, Posey has been so good. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I I almost felt like doing the same thing for Brandon Crawford. Because mm-hmm. for him to be right, revitalizing the way that he is is also also kind of unfathomable, but yeah, just again, the other thing about the NL West is the pain for not fans of these teams to have so many good players.
1: To it's an embarrassment from. of riches on these <laughs> top teams. Of, exactly.
0: Is. So talking about an embarrassment of riches, the Dodgers, another hard one for me. I went with Clayton Kershaw. I was Ooh. pretty pitcher heavy. In the NL, actually. I've I've done a lot of
1: pitchers as well.
0: A lot of good pitching in the NL. I I needed to just give Clayton Kershaw his flowers a little bit. Max Muncie has been so good. Walker Mm -hmm. Bueller has been so good. Maybe the top all star snub. Julio Urias is one of my favorite players in baseball. I absolutely love him.
1: And, and let's, really, show some, let's show some shout-out to Kenley Jansen as well, a player that we both did not think was going to be very good this season and has been right. so strong at the back end of that bullpen.
0: You are right. It, it pains me to say that because I still <laughs> wouldn't trust him, but he has been having a better year. He has.
1: He's had a good but, year.
0: But, Kershaw, you, you can't ever go wrong. No. He doesn't walk anybody. Literally doesn't walk anybody. 94th percentile. He has a three-flat FIP, and he's in the 92nd percentile. In fastball spin. We've always known how good his stuff is. What's even more impressive to me is how he's been able to adapt. And as all this stuff comes in, as he's flanked by all these young studs in Urias and uh, Walker Buehler, Tony Gonsolin even coming up, Dustin May, Kershaw is still the ace of that rotation. Mm-hmm. And he will be the ace of any rotation until he retires, which I don't see happening anytime in the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, I love that. For me, I went with one of the guys you mentioned in Max Muncie, and why I did that is kind of the context that goes into it. You know, Cody Bellinger was out for a lot and has really struggled this season when he has played. It hasn't been the usual season for Mookie Betts either. Max Muncy has been so good for them this year. He's a walker, and his walk rate is up even more. It's actually at a career high, 19% at this point. He's cut down on his strikeout rate by 6%. His weighted runs created plus is 63% better than league average, and he has over a 400 on base percentage. I love me some Max Muncy, so (laughs) anytime I could shout him out, I was going to go for it, and that's what I did here.
0: Has he been on the IL at all this season?
1: He, I don't think so. He's played 74 games, so he's barely missed any.
0: I, knock on wood, God forbid if Max Muncy gets hurt, I'm sorry, but he's been their guy, right? Mm -hmm. In all the flux that the Dodgers have dealt with, he has been there day in and day out, along with some other guys like, Chris Taylor Chris Taylor has been really big for them. Gavin Lux has been good for them. All their pitchers. Max Muncy is absolutely the position player MVP on yep. this team.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. muncy has been so good.
0: Uh Padres.
1: There's I, a guy who plays put on it the in Padres. One word. Yeah.
0: I don't know if you know his name. His name's Fernando Tatis Jr. You
1: didn't go with Trent Grisham? I love Trent Grisham.
0: He ha- he's good. <laughs> Jay Cronenworth is good. Manny Machado is good. But nobody is quite like Fernando Tatis Jr. I did another comparison here. And you might give me some flack for this. I'm not sure. Because I didn't see myself doing this. I've never been this type of person. But I couldn't help myself. Uh Uh-oh. And I compared Fernando Tatis Jr. to Mike Trout.
1: Wow.
0: (sighs) I've never been that type of person. But it struck me. So here's the thing. Mike Trout's career. His slash line is 305-419-583. He has a 1002 OPS, which is absolutely insane, yeah. and his OPS plus is 176. Mike Trout is far and away the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that down on the record. I believe it full, f- wholeheartedly. As do I. Fernando Tatis's career, his slash line is 301, 376, 615 slug. A 992 OPS plus and a 167, uh, excuse me, 992 OPS and 167 OPS plus.
1: If his OPS plus was 992, I think it's time for all of us to just give up (laughs) at that point.
0: (laughs) He's not that good. He's still pretty good, but not that good. But it was closer than I thought, Pat. It was closer than I thought. When you add the 19 stolen bases, when you add the 27 homers, he's getting better on defense he he's is. still nowhere near perfect nowhere near
1: um, he's drastically cut lead. down on his errors yeah, over the last but month he has
0: drastically cut down on errors exactly yeah i the, couldn't believe how close
1: it was the one caveat is that he's played 213 games over three years that yeah. is that is the caveat that goes into it but the potential potential is not even a fair word for him yeah. because he it's does it there. every single night uh, for me, very simply, the MVP of this team is Nando, and I can just leave it at that because yeah. he is—he is that good. He is the most. It, it's him and Otani for the two most exciting players to watch in baseball, and it's just—it's a treat to watch him out there every night.
0: Manny Machado is having such a good year. You Darvish's walk percentage is six percent. He is so good, and Fernando Tatis. I mean, I think my sister would know for who Fernando Tatis Jr. is, and you couldn't pay her to watch a baseball and, game. And he's just the, that guy.
1: None of it matters because he's missed time with injury, and he's still at the top of the National League home run charts he, yeah. and stolen base chart. It's just he's out of this world.
0: Another MVP candidate who probably will not win the award because of other greatness.
1: Mm-hmm. Just one more Got thing. Got a shot about at it. Him.
0: Another another last thing about his narrative and the injury thing when he dislocated his shoulder at the beginning of the year and, and he missed the, the uh, Dodgers Padres series, and everybody thought this would maybe be a defining point in his career. He would have to finish his swing with two hands. He might not be able to slide head first anymore. It, this injury would take away from his game. He must have just sat there and laughed.
1: Yeah, I think Because so.
0: he has over exceeded every single injury expectation and every time people try and say the word potential he proves them wrong it's not potential anymore yep. when this guy is on the field he is a top two player in baseball he
1: he is that good he really nando. is nando nando it. it's Vando. just it's that simple
0: so rocky's mvp as we go to the the bottom dwellers here unfortunately but two exciting guys my Rockies mvp is herman marquez
1: as is mine
0: And he was Pat's June Pitcher of the Month, Mm -hmm. very deservedly so. He leads the league with 18 starts, which was surprising to me. He has three complete games, two or seven innings, but he had the near no-hitter just a week ago. Ninety-fourth percentile in barrel percentage at Coors Field. Pat, Marquez's home run per nine rate has never been higher than one5 homers per nine mm-hmm. and he pitches at Coors field why aren't we talking about that more
1: so and that is exactly why i think i'd go to marquez here as the mvp is you get extra points if you are playing this well as a pitcher and doing it for the rockies you just absolutely it's just that you know things are just stacked against you with that ballpark and the the season that marquez is putting up right now and it's not just the season that he's putting up he has been consistently good you know you know throughout his career there it, it's exciting to see him playing this well right now uh, he he's a foundational piece if the Rockies do want to hold on to him. I I went through the numbers just last week for how good he was in the month of June. As you said, you know he's got all those starts in there. He's a horse when it comes to innings pitched. He limits home runs. He doesn't walk a ton of guys. He's just a really solid pitcher.
0: Yeah, he really is. And Trevor's story is past the Rockies. He's going to be dealt. That time is past. Yep. If the Rockies don't get themselves together. And utilize Herman Marquez, then that is a catastrophic mistake, because he is a foundational pitcher. That is perfectly put. He can make a difference, and they've either got to figure it out or they got to sell him high because they could get a ton back for him.
1: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, and I will finish up with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I remember at the beginning of the season, preseason actually, I did my thirty teams in thirty days. And I did it alphabetically, which means I started off with the Arizona Diamondbacks, which was a, an interesting way to start off because yeah. Diamondbacks, I think there was a study once that the Diamondbacks are the team most often left off the baseball teams that people can list off of the top of their heads.
1: Oh, that hurts.
0: They're just the irrelevant team. I hate <laughs> to say it. I hate any Diamondbacks <laughs> fans. I'm sorry if you're listening. I not I don't I didn't mean I hate. Yeah, we don't actually fans. hate you. Please please listen to us. <laughs> I meant I'm sorry Diamondbacks fans. I hate to to do you in this way, but they are just having a tough year. Eduardo Escobar is my team MVP. He has a 484 slug. He is far and away the team leader in plate appearances with 340. So that's honestly why I I gave it to him. Cattel Marte is really good, he's been down with injury. Mm-hmm. Carson Kelly had a really hot start. He's flared a little bit of, as late, but what's more interesting is that Arizona's 22 and 59 record at the halfway point is the worst in the sport since the 2003 Tigers and the second worst in baseball since 1952.
1: Yeah, I've had a really hard time thinking of who I was going to name MVP (laughs) here because it's just such a dumpster fire out there right now. It's tough, yep. I mean, they lost, how many games in a row did they lose on the road? It was over 20, right? 23, 23. it's just, it's been bad. I mean, honorable mention, maybe I just honorable mention everyone because no one deserves (laughs) to be an MVP of a team that bad. As you said, Eduardo Escobar, Cattell Marte, I mean, Paven Smith looks like he's got a little bit of potential as a young yeah. player for them. And Caleb Smith as well, a guy that could be on the trade market here and be either a starter or a reliever. Whew, there's there's not a lot that's, that's it. gone. That's, that's about C. as far as I can go because there's just not much that have gone right yeah. with this Diamondbacks team this year. Mad
0: Bum's contract was terrible. Oh, Mary, Mer- Merrill Kelly is a decent pitcher. I could see some potential in him. But they just don't have a foundation either. I think Escobar no. gets dealt. I definitely. I, oh, I do. He's though. been
1: linked to the White Sox for about a month now.
0: Oh, yeah. Somebody broke that report, right?
1: I Yes, I believe so.
0: Yeah. That'll definitely happen. I honestly don't know who else. They're kind of just stuck with this. Nobody expected them to be that bad. No. There's they're... no way I expected them to finish below the Rockies in the NL West.
1: No, I, I did not either. Um, Their problem is Ketel Marte's been injured because he yeah. is their best player, you yeah. know, when, when healthy, but he's only playing 37 games this year. Yeah, it's tough.
0: So, poor, poor Diamondbacks. That's I'm sorry, a sad that was, way to end. <laughs> that's a sad way to end. It was a sad way for me to start. Yes. I, again, that was a speech mistake. I did not mean to say I hate Diamondbacks fans. <laughs> I hate that I have to do this and we have Please, to end this way. Please, we like you. <laughs> but your NL team MVPs from start to finish, Jacob deGrom, Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna Jr., mm. Zach Wheeler, Trevor Rogers, Josh Hader... Nick Castellanos, honorable mention. Slash Jesse, Jesse Winker, Winker, yeah. <laughs> Craig Kimbrell, Tyler O'Neill, Brian Reynolds, Kevin Gosman, Clayton Kershaw, Fernando Tatis Jr., Herman Marquez, and Eduardo Escobar. We did it, Pat. All 30 teams, all 30 MVPs.
1: The Diamondbacks' most valuable player might actually be like the winter of 2021, just when the season's True. over. <laughs> At this don't point. do them
0: like that. We're trying to end on a more. <laughs> oh, that's right. You note. just
1: you just said you hated Diamondbacks fans. We don't want to push them away anymore. <laughs> yes. No. It was really fun to go through this. As we went through with all these teams, there is a lot of top tier talent across yeah. the league, and I think that's the biggest thing that stands out to you as we go team to team. There were plenty where we had to go through honorable mentions because there are so many good players uh, around here we we say it all the time like the actual players in this game baseball's health is really good it it all comes down to can it be ran in the correct way
0: yeah the background noise gets in the way
1: exactly but luckily we don't have to deal with too much of that we move into a very exciting week for baseball here with the home run derby coming up on monday which just has some spectacular participants i mean since the last time we recorded joey gallo and juan soto are going to be in it as well to round it out which is just wow this know, is for, maybe
0: the best one. This is the most I've excited, most excited I've been for a home run derby in a long time. This
1: field is crazy. Yeah, it's gonna it's be so awesome. Good. And add in the fact it's at Coors, like yep. it's just it's perfect. And then of course you have the All Star game on Tuesday. This should be a really fun week for baseball. You've got the MLB draft around the All Star game for the first mm. time. Uh, the futures game scattered in there. This is this is a really. Good showcase now for for baseball.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be counting down until the next time we get to do this too. Yeah. At the end of the year. It's going to be very
1: cool to look back at who we named here and if we have changes or if it's the same.
0: Exactly. And a lot of movement at the deadline. I think this is going to be a very interesting deadline. Always my favorite part of the season. We've got a lot of good stuff coming.
1: Oh, A lot of good stuff coming. Much to come.
0: Please let us know what you think. Diamondbacks fans, write me a soliloquy about why I'm, I'm wrong. And why we should have more hope about the
1: Diamondbacks. I apologize for my comments about winter. (laughs) At least it's got nice weather in in Arizona in the winter. True, and they
0: had cool City Connect jerseys.
1: And that's how we're going to end. Because the you know Serpientes. we're gonna end, we're gonna end on a positive note. So always. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us here on the Did You Hear podcast weekly walk off edition. Going through the National League MVPs. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Leave a rating as it really helps us out. And as we said, tweet us. You know, let us know what you think about these MVP picks at Did You Hear Pod. But otherwise, we are bat flipping into the weekend, Emma. That's a wrap.